There is a sweet little horror story that is only two sentences long. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock on the door. Two sentences and an ellipsis of three dots. The horror of course, isn't in the two sentences at all, it's in the ellipsis, the implication, what knocked at the door. Faced with the unknown, the human mind supplies something vaguely horrible. But it wasn't horrible, really. The last man on earth, or in the universe for that matter, sat alone in a room. It was a rather peculiar room. He just noticed how peculiar it was and he'd been studying out the reason for its peculiarity. His conclusions didn't horrify him, but it annoyed him. Walter Fellin, who had been associate professor of anthropology at Nathan University, up until the time two days ago when Nathan University had ceased to exist, was not a man who horrified easily. Not that Walter Fellin was a heroic figure, by any wild stretch of the imagination. He was slight of stature and mild of disposition. He wasn't much to look at, and he knew it. Not that his appearance worried him now. Right now, in fact, there wasn't much feeling in him. Abstractedly he knew that two days ago, within the space of an hour, the human race had been destroyed, except for him and, somewhere, a woman. One woman. And that was a fact which didn't concern Walter Fellin in the slightest degree. He'd probably never see her and didn't care too much if he didn't. Women just hadn't been a factor in Walter's life since Martha had died a year and a half ago. Not that Martha hadn't been a good wife, albeit a bit on the bossy side. Yes, he'd loved Martha in a deep, quiet way. He was only 40 now, and he'd been only 38 when Martha had died but, well, he just hadn't thought about women since then. His life had been his books, the ones he read and the ones he wrote. Now there wasn't any point in writing books, but he had the rest of his life to spend in reading them. True, company would be nice, but he'd get along without it. Maybe after a while he'd get so he'd enjoy the occasional company of one of the Zan, although that was a bit difficult to imagine. Their thinking was so alien to his that there seemed no common ground for discussion, intelligent though they were in a way. An ant is intelligent in a way, but no man ever established communication with an ant. He thought of the Zan somehow as super ants, although they didn't look like ants, and he had a hunch that the Zan regarded the human race as the human race had regarded ordinary ants. Certainly what they'd done to earth had been what men did to ant hills, and it had been done much more efficiently. But they had given him plenty of books. They'd been nice about that, as soon as he had told them what he wanted, and he had told them that the moment he had learned that he was destined to spend the rest of his life alone in this room. The rest of his life, or as the Zan had quaintly expressed it, forever. Even a brilliant mind, and the Zan obviously had brilliant minds, has its idiosyncrasies. The Zan had learned to speak terrestrial English in a manner of ours, but they persisted in separating syllables. But we digress. There was a knock on the door. You've got it all now, except the three dots, the ellipsis, and I'm going to fill that in and show you that it wasn't horrible at all. Walter Fellin called out, come in and the door opened. It was of course only a Zan. It looked exactly like the other Zan, if there was any way of telling one of them from another, Walter hadn't found it. It was about four feet tall and it looked like nothing on earth, nothing, that is, that had been on earth until the Zan came there. Walter said hello, George. When he'd learned that none of them had names he decided to call them all George, and the Zan didn't seem to mind. This one said hello, Walter. That was ritual, the knock on the door and the greetings. Walter waited. Point one, said the Zan you will please henceforth sit with your chair turned the other way. Walter said, I thought so George. 
That plain wall is transparent from the other side, isn't it? It is transparent. Just what I thought. I'm in a zoo, right? That is right. Walter sighed. I knew it. That plain blank wall, without a single piece of furniture against it, and made of something different from the other walls. If I persist in sitting with my back to it, what then? You will kill me? I ask hopefully. We will take away your books. You've got me there, George. All right, I'll face the other way when I sit and read. How many other animals besides me are in this zoo of yours? 216. Walter shook his head. Not complete, George. Even a Bush League zoo can beat that. Could beat that I mean, if there were any Bush League zoos left. Did you just pick at random? Random samples, yes. All species would have been two Manet. Male and female each of 108 kinds. What do you feed them? The carnivorous ones I mean. We make food synthetic. Smart, said Walter. And the flora? You got a collection of that too? Flora was not hurt by vibrations. It is all still growing. Nice for the flora, said Walter. You weren't as hard on it then, as you were on the fauna. Well George, you started out with point one. I deduce there is a point two kicking around somewhere, what is it? Something we do not understand. Two of the other animals sleep and do not wake? They are cold. It happens in the best regulated zoos George, Walter Fellon said. Probably not a thing wrong with them except that they're dead. Dead? That means stopped, but nothing stopped them. Each was alone. Walter stared at the Zan. Do you mean George, you don't know what natural death is? Death is when a being is killed, stopped from living. Walter Fellon blinked. How old are you George? He asked. Sixteen you would not know the word. Your planet went around your son a about seven thousand times. I am still young. Walter whistled softly. A babe in arms he said. He thought hard a moment. Look George, he said, you've got something to learn about this planet you're on. There's a guy here who doesn't hang around where you come from. An old man with a beard and a scythe and an hourglass. Your vibrations didn't kill him. What is he? Call him the Grim Reaper George. Old man death. Our people and animals live until somebody, old man death, stops them ticking. He stopped the two creatures? He will stop more? Walter opened his mouth to answer, and then closed it again. Something in the Zan's voice indicated that there would be a worried frown on his face, if he had had a face recognizable as such. How about taking me to these animals who won't wake up, Walter asked. Is that against the rules? Come said the Zan. That had been the afternoon of the second day. It was the next morning that the Zan came back, several of them. They began to move Walter Fellon's books and furniture. When they finished Tot, they moved him. He found himself in a much larger room a hundred yards away. He sat and waited, and this time too, when there was a knock on the door, he knew what was coming and politely stood up. Azan opened the door and stood aside. A woman entered. Walter bowed slightly. Walter Fellon, he said, in case George didn't tell you my name. George tries to be polite, but he doesn't know all of our ways. The woman seemed calm, he was glad to notice that. She said, my name is Grace Evans Mr. Fellon. What's this all about? Why did they bring me here? Walter was studying her as she talked. She was tall, fully as tall as he, and well-proportioned. 
She looked to be somewhere in her early thirties, about the age Martha had been. She had the same calm confidence about her that he'd always liked about Martha, even though it had contrasted with his own easygoing informality. In fact, he thought she looked quite a bit like Martha. I think I know why they brought you here but let's go back a bit, he said. Do you know just what has happened otherwise? You mean that they've killed everyone? Yes. Please sit down. You know how they accomplished it? She sank into a comfortable chair nearby. No, she said, I don't know just how. Not that it matters, does it? Not a lot. But here's the story, what I know of it from getting one of them to talk and from piecing things together. There isn't a great number of them, here anyway. I don't know how numerous a race they are where they came from, and I don't know where that is, but I guess it's outside the solar system. You've seen the spaceship they came in? Yes. It's as big as a mountain. Almost. Well it has equipment for emitting some sort of a vibration, they call it that, in our language, but I imagine it's more like a radio wave than a sound vibration, that destroys all animal life. It, the ship itself, is insulated against the vibration. I don't know whether its range is big enough to kill off the whole planet at once, or whether they flew in circles around the earth, sending out the vibratory waves. But it killed everybody and everything instantly, and, I hope, painlessly. The only reason we, and the other two hundred odd animals in this zoo, weren't killed was because we were inside the ship. We've been picked up as specimens. You do know this is a zoo, don't you? I, I suspected it. The front walls are transparent from the outside. The Zan were pretty clever at fixing up the inside of each cubicle to match the natural habitat of the creature it contains. These cubicles, such as the one we're in, are of plastic and they've got a machine that makes one in about 10 minutes. If Earth had had a machine and a process like that, there wouldn't have been any housing shortage. Well, there isn't any housing shortage now anyway. And I imagine that the human race, specifically you and I, can stop worrying about the A-bomb and the next war. The Zan certainly solved a lot of problems for us. Grace Evans smiled faintly. Another case where the operation was successful, but the patient died. Things were in an awful mess. Do you remember being captured? I don't. I went to sleep one night and woke up in a cage on the spaceship. I don't remember either, Walter said. My hunch is that they used the vibratory waves at low intensity first, just enough to knock us all out. Then they cruised around, picking up samples more or less at random for their zoo. After they had as many as they wanted, or as many as they had space in the ship to hold, they turned on the juice all the way. And that was that. It wasn't until yesterday that they knew they'd made a mistake and had underestimated us. They thought we were immortal, as they are. That we were what? They can be killed, but they don't know what natural death is. They didn't anyway, until yesterday. Two of us died yesterday. Two of? Oh. Yes, two of us animals in their zoo. One was a snake and one was a duck. Two species gone irrevocably. And by the Zan's way of figuring time, the remaining member of each species is going to live only a few minutes anyway. They figured they had permanent specimens. You mean they didn't realize what short-lived creatures we are? That's right, Walter said. One of them is young at 7,000 years he told me. They're bisexual themselves incidentally, but they probably breed once every 10,000 years or thereabouts. When they learned yesterday how ridiculously short a life expectancy we terrestrial animals have, they were probably shocked to the core. If they of course. 
At any rate they decided to reorganize their zoo, two by two instead of one by one. They figure will last longer collectively, if not individually. Oh. Grace Evans stood up and there was a faint flush on her face. If you think. If they think. She turned toward the door. It'll be locked, Walter Fellon said calmly but don't worry. Maybe they think, but I don't think. You needn't even tell me you wouldn't have me if I was the last man on earth, it would be corny under the circumstances. But are they going to keep us locked up together in this one little room? It isn't so little, we'll get by. I can sleep quite comfortably in one of these overstuffed chairs. And don't think I don't agree with you perfectly my dear. All personal considerations aside, the least favor we can do the human race is to let it end with us, and not be perpetuated for exhibition in a zoo. She said thank you, almost inaudibly, and the flush receded from her checks. There was anger in her eyes, but Walter knew that it wasn't anger at him. With her eyes sparkling like that, she looked a lot like Martha he thought. He smiled at her and said, otherwise. She started out of her chair, and for an instant he thought she was going to come over and slap him. Then she sank back wearily. If you were a man, you'd be thinking of some way too. They can be killed you said? Her voice was bitter. The Zan? Oh, certainly. I've been studying them. They look horribly different from us, but I think they have about the same metabolism we have, the same type of circulatory system, and probably the same type of digestive system. I think that anything that would kill one of us would kill one of them. But you said. Oh there are differences of course. Whatever factor it is in man that ages him, they don't have. Or else they have some gland that man doesn't have, something that renews cells. She had forgotten her anger now. She leaned forward eagerly. She said, I think that's right. And I don't think they feel pain. I was hoping that. But what makes you think so my dear? I stretched a piece of wire that I found in the desk of my cubicle across the door so my Zan would fall over it. He did, and the wire cut his leg. Did he bleed red? Yes, but it didn't seem to annoy him. He didn't get mad about it, didn't even mention it. When he came back the next time, a few hours later, the cut was gone. Well, almost gone. I could see just enough of a trace of it to be sure it was the same Zan. Walter Fellon nodded slowly. He wouldn't get angry of course, he said. They're emotionless. Maybe, if we killed one, they wouldn't even punish us. But it wouldn't do any good. They just give us our food through a trapdoor and treat us as men would have treated a zoo animal that had killed a keeper. They just see that he didn't have a crack at any more keepers. How many of them are there? She asked. About 200 I think, in this particular spaceship. But undoubtedly there are many more where they came from. I have a hunch this is just an advance guard, sent to clear off this planet, and make it safe for Zan occupancy. They did a good. There was a knock at the door, and Walter Fellon called out, Come in. A Zan stood in the doorway. Hello George said Walter. Hello Walter, said the Zan. It may or may not have been the same Zan, but it was always the same ritual. What's on your mind? Walter asked. Another creature sleeps and will not wake. A small furry one called the weasel. Walter shrugged. It happens George. Old man death, I told you about him. And worse. A Zan has died, this morning. Is that worse? Walter looked at him blandly. Well George, you'll have to get used to it if you're going to stay around here. The Zan said nothing. 
It stood there. Finally Walter said, well? A about weasel. You advise same? Walter shrugged again. Probably won't do any good. But sure, why not? The Zan left. Walter could hear his footsteps dying away outside. He grinned. It might work Martha, he said. Mar? My name is Grace, Mr. Felon. What might work? My name is Walter Grace. You might as well get used to it. You know Grace, you do remind me a lot of Martha. She was my wife. She died a couple of years ago. I'm sorry, said Grace but what might work? What were you talking about to the Zan? We'll know tomorrow Walter said. And she couldn't get another word out of him. That was the fourth day of the stay of the Zan. The next was the last. It was nearly noon when one of the Zan came. After the ritual, he stood in the doorway, looking more alien than ever. It would be interesting to describe him for you, but there aren't words. He said, we go. Our council met and decided. Another of you died? Last night. This is planet of death. Walter nodded. You did your share. You're leaving 213 creatures alive, out of quite a few billion. Don't hurry back. Is there anything we can do? Yes, you can hurry. And you can leave our door unlocked, but not the others. We'll take care of the others. Something clicked on the door, the Zan left. Grace Evans was standing, her eyes shining. She asked, what? How? Wait cautioned Walter. Let's hear them blast off. It's a sound I want to remember. The sound came within minutes and Walter Fallon, realizing how rigidly he'd been holding himself, relaxed in his chair. There was a snake in the Garden of Eden to Grace, and it got us in trouble, he said musingly. But this one made up for it. I mean, the mate of the snake that died day before yesterday. It was a rattlesnake. You mean it killed the two Zan who died? But... Walter nodded, they were babes in the woods here. When they took me to look at the first creatures who were asleep and wouldn't wake up, and I saw that one of them was a rattler, I had an idea Grace. Just maybe I thought, poison creatures were a development peculiar to Earth, and the Zan wouldn't know about them. And, too, maybe their metabolism was enough like ours so that the poison would kill them. Anyway, I had nothing to lose trying, and both maybes turned out to be right. How did you get the snake to? Walter fell and grinned. He said, I told them what affection was. They didn't know. They were interested, I found, in preserving the remaining one of each species as long as possible, to study the picture and record it before it died. I told them it would die immediately because of the loss of its mate, unless it had affection and petting. Constantly. I showed them how with the duck. Luckily it was a tame one, and I held it against my chest and petted it a while to show them. Then I let them take over with it. And the rattlesnake. He stood up and stretched, and then sat down again more comfortably. Well, we've got a world to plan he said. We'll have to let the animals out of the ark, and that will take some thinking and deciding. The herbivorous wild ones we can let go right away. The domestic ones, we'll do better to keep and take charge of, we'll need them. But the carnivora? Well, we'll have to decide. But I'm afraid it's got to be thumbs down. He looked at her. And the human race, we've got to make a decision about that. A pretty important one. Her face was getting a little pink again, as it had yesterday. She sat rigidly in her chair. No, she said. He didn't seem to have heard her. It's been a nice race, even if nobody won it, he said. 
It'll be starting over again now, and it may go backward for a while until it gets its breath, but we can gather books for it and keep most of its knowledge intact, the important things anyway. We can. He broke off as she got up and started for the door. Just the way his Martha would have acted, he thought, back in the days when he was courting her, before they were married. He said, think it over my dear, and take your time. But come back. The door slammed. He sat waiting, thinking out all the things there were to do once he started, but was in no hurry to start them, and after a while he heard her hesitant footsteps coming back. He smiled a little. See? It wasn't horrible really. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock on the door.